When I was uh, when I was at LSU, my uh, our college chaplain, um, I, I always when I when I was placed here, um, I, I started thinking about okay, what different priests that had uh, just had been good examples to me in my life, um, and just kind of one one that kind of came to the surface was uh, the college, my chaplain from when I was in college. Um, his name was Father Tan Vu. Um, he's, he passed away since I was there. Um, but he was a little, like, five-foot-four Asian man, super, super, like, mild-mannered, very, very quiet, just kind of to himself. Um, he was, like, he was like mysteriously quiet, like one of those guys. Like, he would kind of just, he kind of sunk into the back of a room. He, he just kind of, like, always, always very, very... Uh, he was always very, very aware of different dynamics in rooms and like different groups and things like that. He was really just awesome. Uh, he had a photographic memory, um, which I remember. Uh, so when he would read the gospel, he would he wouldn't look down. Uh, so it was like almost like a little magic trick that we would all kind of sit there and just like wait and see like is he glancing at it? Is he? But like he didn't. He never had to sit down. I remember one year for Palm Sunday we went to mass uh, and it was a few of us from the Catholic Center. A few of our crew were sitting together and all of us were like. I want to see him pull this one off, right? Because it's the whole passion. Uh, so it's like 14 pages long. Um, he had to look down, very happy. Uh, but it was just like, it, he was a really cool guy. Like I remember he would like pop into like different parties and stuff with us. Um, like it was birthday parties or things like that. He's a good guy. He was a, he was a very, very holy man. Um, very, very discerning man. Like just, just small, but like intimidating with his presence. Like brilliant. Just, it was awesome. I, I, after I was in, after I remember I said goodbye to LSU, and right about the time I was leaving, he had a cancer diagnosis, um, and ultimately, a few years later, that's what that's what ended up killing him. And um, I, I remember a bunch of us. It was probably about 20, 25 of like students that were there when I was there when he passed away. We went back uh, for his funeral. And I remember I was a seminarian at the time, sitting in the back of the church, and we're at the funeral, and the priest, uh, the bishop of uh, Baton Rouge got up and spoke uh, for his homily, like sharing his kind of experience because he worked closely with Father Tan and good man. And as he was sharing, one line that he said stuck out to me and it's never gone away. Um, he said, uh, he said all these wonderful things about his accomplishments, about what he did, about the kind of life he lived and all these things about his time as a priest. But the, the most impactful thing he said about him, he said, Father Tan and Jesus were inseparable. Now, like I, when I heard that, I remember just sitting in the back, in the back pew of St. Aloysius Church in Baton Rouge, and just saying, "Man, I want that to be said about me." Now, it's far from it, right? But like, I just remember sitting there, just wishing. I'm like, I don't know if there's a better testament of a person than at the end of their life you would say, "So and so." And they, so-and-so and Jesus, were inseparable. Like the, 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 to think that Jesus would be inseparable, like the, the, the way in which you had to carry yourself, the way in which you have to, to speak, the way in which you have to fulfill your duties, the way in which you have to pray. Like, me and Jesus would be inseparable. Just think to the depth that that would change everything in your life. Like when you're frustrated in traffic, <laughs> that would change the way that you're like, man, I'm running late. And the feeling that you would have and the, 
the finger that you want to show to the person next to you, right? You're number one with the real finger, not the other, right? It would change the way that, like, you're frustrated about the teacher who doesn't, who, who pops a test on you and adds a couple of chapters last minute, right? And how do I approach that? And how do I operate? It, it, it would change the way that, like, your mom, when she calls for the 74th time today to talk to you about nothing, changes the way that you answer it. That might be my mom, that might not. I'm just saying, right? Change the way you operate with your boss. Change the way you live with your, your, your like you you you, 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 you love your, your your spouse or your significant other, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. If if you and Jesus were inseparable, we 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 kick off this week um, the bishops of the United States and. In the United States, we have a couple of different weeks where we might do different things. We have Sundays of World Mission Sunday and a couple of other things. This week, our, our, our church, we, we, focus with, uh, we focus on uh, National Vocations Awareness Week. And one of the things, um, Vocations Awareness Week has always been kind of a time of like praying intently and, and just encouraging people to discern seminary vocation, um, consecrated life vocations, right? being a sister, being a priest, being a nun, whatever. All these different like images and expressions of, of celibacy. I'm, a, I, I'm of the opinion um, that the word vocation has been royally bastardized in the church. That, that like it's really been skewed and broken and, and messed up. Because when we think vocation, we think priesthood. We think uh, celibacy. We think nuns. We think all the people with the robes and the hats, right? Like, that, that's who we think of. Every last one of us in this church tonight has a vocation. Period. Every last one of us in this church tonight actually has the same vocation. The word vocation simply means call. It's, it's a call. And we all have a calling. The Second Vatican Council went through detail upon detail to make sure that the entire church of the world knew that we all had a calling. Whether you're called to marriage, whether you're called to the priesthood, whether you're called to a convent, whether you're called to whatever one of these states in life, that, that's, that's secondary. The first and primary call of every baptized Christian is heaven. The first and primary call of every one of us in this room, in this church, on this campus, in this town, in this world, is to be a saint. Is to be holy. And the reason why I started off by thinking about Father Tan Vu, little Asian priest from Baton Rouge, the reason why I started there is because I honestly think there's never been a better expression of holiness than hearing the words that he and Jesus were inseparable. If we want to hear what holiness is, there's your definition. Be inseparable with Jesus. What pulls us out of relationship with Jesus? Pride, sin. And what does our relationship with Jesus when we're inseparable do? It changes everything and anything that we do. There's a, uh, a, a one of the one of the deacons in our in our diocese. Um, it's a good friend of mine. Been known him for a long time. When we get together, like when we get together for like an ordination, or we get together in some kind of setting of wedding, or we catch up or something at a parish or something. Anytime me and him meet up, 
one of the first things that come out of his mouth, he, he looks at me and he says, hey, what are you going to do with your life? And he's got this like little like thing. It's like it's this little back and forth that he and I do. He goes, what are you going to do with your life? And I look at him, be a saint. And he's like, what else is there? And I used to say, nothing. And his reaction would always be, there is something else. I'm like, what's that? He goes, hell. And I'm like, wow, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> It's 10 o'clock, I hadn't had my coffee yet. You're talking about like condemning me to help. But, he's, but, but what he's saying is true. As I, if you were here for All Saints Day, I, 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 used, a, I used a quote from a, um, from a French author and philosopher. And he said, one of the biggest, the biggest tragedy in all, of human, in all of human history is to not become a saint. The biggest tragedy in all of human history is to not become a saint is to not fulfill the call to holiness that each one of us has. Bishop after bishop, pope after pope, have talked about this. This is what Pope Francis said. To be holy does not require being a bishop, a priest, or religious. It's not me, says the pope. <laughs> he said, we are frequently tempted to think that holiness is only for those who can withdraw from ordinary Affairs to spend much time in prayer. This is not the case. We are all called to be holy by living our lives with love and by bearing witness in everything we do wherever we find ourselves. Now this is where Pope Francis really sounds like Pope Francis. Are you called to the consecrated life? Be holy by living out your commitment with joy. Are you married? Be holy by loving and caring for your husband or your wife as Christ does for the church. Do you work for a living? Be holy by laboring with integrity and skill in the service of your brothers and sisters. Are you a parent or a grandparent? Be holy by patiently teaching the little ones how to follow Jesus. Are you in a position of authority? Be holy by working for the common good and renouncing your personal gain. Holiness will look different for every single one of us because we all have different circumstances in life that we'll find ourselves. Holiness is going to look different for you right now than it will for you 10 years from now. But nevertheless, we're called to live through all of it inseparable with Jesus. If we are searching, if we are as as faithful followers of Christ, if we are as, as men and women who are on fire for the gospel, trying to live our life inseparable with Jesus Christ, what's going to happen is, is me and him are going to be right next to each other. And as I go through my life and he's leading me to heaven closer and closer and closer and closer, he's going to dictate the road. He's going to dictate the path. He's going to dictate the way that we're going to get there. So often, when it comes to questions about vocations, we're focused so much on the path. I think part of that is because, it, it, as, as most of you know, as young adults, as, as high school students, you're asked, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And good luck, right? I remember being in ninth grade, walking into my guidance counselor's office at Central LaFouche High School, and they looked at me and said, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And my response was, I want to be a TV weatherman. <laughs> Never forget that. Not Needless to say, I had no idea what I wanted to do. 
And every year, every semester, it changed and it changed and it changed and it changed and it changed. And now you, you might be in college and you might have changed your major again and again and again. That's okay. But the key is, like, the first, and for, the first focus of our life should be to be inseparable with Christ. Because if we're living rooted next to Him, then the path doesn't matter. The destination does. He's going to lead us down the path that He desires for us. But it requires us to just stay close to Him with humility and perseverance. You see, today in our Gospel, what Jesus does is when he's, when he's talking about the Pharisees and the scribes, he's actually, there's a very, very particular reason why Jesus takes them on in the way he does today. The lesson of today's gospel, I, I just Protestants will, will beat Catholics over the head with this, that the lesson of today's gospel is supposed to be, why do you call your priest father? That's not what the lesson of today's gospel is. The lesson of today's gospel is very simple. It's about humility. He says very clearly, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit on the, on the seat of Moses. They have all the authority, right? They have the big chair. They have all the titles. They have all the authority. You should listen to them. But he says, listen to them, but don't act like them. Because they preach, but they do not practice. They do things for show. They bind heavy burdens. They expect, high, they expect such a high standard from all the people that follow them or are entrusted to their care. And what do they do? They undercut it themselves. They love the titles. They love the seats of honor. They love all of the praise that they get whenever they're out in public, but they don't lift a finger to help anybody. So Jesus is taking on prideful the, the, the pridefulness, the, uh, the fake, the, the facade that the Pharisees and the scribes put on. And he's saying, don't be like that. But if you're going to be my follower, don't do it for the praise. But do it out of love for me. Do it humbly. If we think about it, in any vocation, whether it be to a celibate vocation, priest, nun, whatever, right? Whether it be a, a husband or a wife, any vocation lived out with pride is bound to fall apart. It's bound to, to, to be compromised in some way. Because in any of these vocations, we don't live it for what we get. We live it in a way of laying down our life for somebody else. I think of, I, I think of in, in, uh, for priests, um, we don't have to go very far. All we have to do is watch the news and see what next priest is in trouble. And you see very quickly someone, and we pray for them. Pray for conversion, pray for forgiveness. But you see very quickly somebody who went into this for themselves, not for the flock. In a marriage, same way. I don't go into it what I can get from it, I go in for what it is that I can do for my other, for my beloved. This is how Christ teaches us to live in any vocation. This is how Christ teaches us to live as his follower. That's why as we link ourselves and root ourselves next to Christ and we become inseparable with him, what ends up happening is, is we might think, oh man, this is going to be a great life, an easy life. Of, oh. No, no, no. It looks like the cross, y'all. 
any life of a Christian, any li- any li- any love that we say that we that we uh, that we profess, is tested and proven through suffering. Every bit of love that we have is tested and proven through suffering. You show really quickly how much you love something or how much you're willing to suffer. As we are called to be with Christ, it's not a romantic kind of love. It's not the good feeling kind of love. But it's a love that looks like Him. So just as the Pope said, just as the... um, just as the bishops have said, just as the church has proclaimed over and over and over, you are called to a life of holiness. Right where you are. Today, right where you are. Every one of us is called to a life of holiness right where we are. May today as we come through this Mass, the the relationship that we have with Jesus can be fed and we can be rooted with Him. That way, one day, Maybe, for our own life, somebody could look at us and say, huh, you and Jesus seem inseparable. I, that, that's, it's, it's something that has continued to just speak to me all day. It's something that continues to speak to me when I think about that little Asian priest. <laughs> because he truly was inseparable with God. And I pray that for me and for each one of us, that we would have the same, uh, that we would be able to find the same glory.